Welcome to the Atlanta VoiceOver Studio and ProVoiceOverTraining.com podcast. I'm Mike Stout. And I'm Heidi Rue. Our mission at Atlanta VoiceOver Studio and ProVoiceOverTraining.com is to equip, elevate, and inspire. And we're here to give you the resources that you need to create the voiceover career that you want. And today's podcast, we are talking about transitioning from a radio career to a voiceover career. And we kind of know a little bit about this. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> because we are both on air and radio, and then we transitioned to a full-time voiceover career. And if you've been in radio for any period of time, you know that things can just change in an instant. I mean, formats can change, management, new management can come on board. That pink slip can be in your box in no time. Yeah, everyone knows it's in radio. <laughs> radio. Ratings could tank. It could be really unsettling and feel um, just unstable. And so maybe you're listening to this and you're thinking, and you're in radio now and you'd love to do VO as a side hustle, which is, that's actually what we did for a while before we transitioned full-time. Or maybe you were recently let go and you are like, look, I just need something, you know, to be able to work in. Um, Or you want to make the leap from radio right now into voiceover. Um, It can be done. Obviously, that's what we did. And so we wanted to talk to you about maybe just some of the top questions that a lot of people have um, when they're thinking about making that transition from radio into voiceover. So I think one of the first things is, what do you need to do first? Like a lot of radio. Therapy. (laughs) I mean, that definitely helps. But a lot of people even will say, well, I can just make my own demo or, you know, I've done some endorsements, so I'll just slap that on for a voiceover demo and start from there. So what do you think, Mike? How do people kind of get started from radio? Uh, Let me speak from my experience. So when I first started out, I slapped together my own demo. Nowadays, I would highly recommend not doing that. Although there is an argument that says if you don't have any other thing at the beginning and you just want to get going that you could, we don't advise against it. But if you are in radio, most likely you, first of all, have made relationships with a lot of people. Um, And especially if you're on the on-air side, you might have gotten endorsements. You might have relationships with clients. And those clients are going to be local to where you are. So you could you know, basically market to those people saying, Hey, I still do this and I would love to be the voice. But before you even market, cause we actually will talk about that kind of ah. later on, but like very at the very, very beginning. And I totally agree with you as yeah. far as like, I mean, you, Mike made my first demo. So, I mean, you know, we weren't even like dating at the time. And it so. took her four years to <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So that's definitely so that's an argument to not making your own demo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the thing about it is, is that that was, gosh, 15 years ago, 14 years ago or so. Was it? I mean, wow. the the voiceover industry, that has it's become changed. so much more competitive yeah. now. So when you send in these, uh, these demos that you've put together, you have to realize that your demo is going up against hundreds of others that are in the inbox of an agency that, that those people have professionally made pre- professionally made. Yeah. And it's not even just about the sound quality. Cause you probably yeah. are like, look, I've worked with 
with the editing software, maybe even done some radio production. I know how this works. Yeah. But it's not just about that. It's it's about having the knowledge of, first of all, your own range and what you can do and not high, low, deep, yeah. whatever, character voices. That's not what we're talking about. We are talking about you've got to start with a commercial demo and to get on with an agency. And it's got to be a mix of radio and TV. And there's a difference between radio and TV spots. Yeah. And there's also a difference in like being able to pull out things that are current and knowing what agents are looking for right now. So those are the type of spots the that trends? can go first. Right. I mean, there's so much that goes into creating a really good demo that it when you are just starting out, even somebody that's just a talent, it's just a totally different kind of thought process and and different finger on the pulse than doing it yourself. So where I was going with that is I'm always coming from the aspect of I, I never want to discourage anybody from doing it, you know? And yeah. so my thought with that was use what you got and get started, use it, you know, for, for local or, or whatever, but you definitely need to have something that's a, a professionally done demo yeah. because you are going to be going up against, against people. Um, but we never want to discourage you from, from utilizing what you have. And especially if you have limited resources, you know, and especially if you just get fired from radio, you know, you might have a three month severance. That's what mine was. Uh, you might not have any, or if you're, if you're a morning show or an afternoon show, then you probably have a big contract and you'll be fine for a couple of <laughs> couple of years. But if you're not, you got to use what you have and you got to be wise with your money. So yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And we're on the same page. We're that. not, we're not arguing. Yeah, no, no. Or no. are we? No, we're not. No, arguing. we're not arguing. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> um, but before even the demo, and I think you're right, Mike, in saying like whatever resources that you have, if it's like, I have no money, Start with that and see. I mean, you never know. One of the biggest mistakes I think that people make about voiceover and the biggest thing that causes people to not succeed in voiceover is for people to think that because I have a voice, because I was in radio or whatever, then automatically it's easy money. Voiceover is not easy money. You may think it is, but it is not. Trust me. And especially radio people have that uh, misguidance, I would say, because when we're on the radio, we have so many people clamoring for our attention. You know, mm-hmm. everybody wants a piece of us. It's like this guy's on the radio or this gal's on the radio. They've got how many thousands or hundreds of thousands of years listening to them every day. Once you get off the radio, you find those people just go away like that. Yeah, and it's it's just a whole new ball game. You're not as popular as you thought you were. It's true. It is true. Yeah, and it's humbling, but it's a good thing because it's like, oh, that was just that was just a fake reality that I was living in. It was mm-hmm. a fake world. Yeah, absolutely. So. It's there's something so valuable about having that platform behind you. And yeah. then when you leave radio and you don't have that platform, it's different. It's not saying you're worth any less. It's just uh, it's just a new reality that you have to come to terms with. Yeah. And I actually knew a guy who was on a morning show um and he, I mean, he was making six figures, had the car endorsements and everything. I mean, was living living high on the on the hog with with it because it was a morning show and it was great. Congratulations to him. That's a tough that's a tough gig. And once you get there, mm-hmm. you know, to keep that is is another thing. Uh, but that went away, and we ended up talking. And he's like, "Yeah, I need to try and make this full time." And and I know for a fact that he wasn't doing any training to work on his voiceover. He was just relying on what he had as a, as an on-air 
personality and he couldn't sustain the lifestyle. Mm. Um, I hope he's doing better now, but you know, it's just, it's, it's a whole new ball game. Yeah. Which uh, brings back to the point of when you are starting out, okay, there's two, two things you can do. You can either make your own demo, but we still recommend that you get some type of training. Even if it's with a private coach, um, we start everybody off with our intro to voiceover workshop, which just gives a really good overview of the industry and what you need to know and some foundational technique. And then you could kind of work with a private coach from there. Um, but then if you want to do a professional demo, then I would suggest going into that training and then working with somebody that does professional demos. We do it here at Atlanta VoiceOver Studio, but there's also a lot of other places that do it. Um, I would say make sure that you can listen to demos um, ahead of time. And then also... um, Ask people, ask their them for their philosophy on creating demos. If they're having you bring scripts, I mean, personally, we don't do that um, because we want you... There's a lot of different reasons. But anyways, we think through every single aspect of our demo writing process, and it all boils down to how can we help you to get work as much as possible through this demo? Like, how can we, again, going back to how can we give you the resources that you need to create the career that you want? And what are agents looking for? We mm -hmm. always keep that in mind. We keep in mind of what's going, what are the trends that are going on right now? Not every place is going to do that. And we're not saying, I mean, there's plenty of places. What we're saying is do your due diligence, do your homework and listen to different uh, demos from different places and then figure out who you want to work with. Um, We just want to help set you up for success, especially because we never had this resource. We kind of had to pick and choose and and just figure it out as we went along. Um, And that's why this whole place exists to uh, basically give you what we never had. Yeah. So thinking back to that, um, of how we started in voiceover, even on the side, what would you tell people based on our even experience of if they are in radio, how can they best set themselves up for voiceover success? Uh, get a job at a C- as a CEO at a Fortune 500 company. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the first thing. Uh, if that's not an option, then I would say get the training. You need to train. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Especially people in radio, and I did it too. I was like, well, I've been in radio. I know how to talk. I know how to do this. I know how to do that. I know how to inflect my voice. I could go deep. I can go high. It's not about that. you know. Especially when you start getting into national commercials versus regional commercials, can you adapt? Can you do the specs? I mean, and we're not talking the, the, the range is high and low. It's can you do the friendly conversational? Can you do a a smooth, sexy read? Can you adjust to the different specs? Because those are the specs that come through from an agent that you would hopefully get. And you got to be competitive. You got to train. You think we've been at this for however many years between us and we've done the training and we're able to take direction like that, but it's only because we've put in the work. We have so many people who come to us, whether they're out of radio or not, and just because they can read well or they have a good sounding voice, they think, well, voiceover is easy. We could do this. Can you? Can you take direction? Because I've been in sessions with people who've been at it for a couple of years and they weren't able to take direction because they never got training and they were fired. So training is essential. And again, you're going to be going up and in front of uh, however many thousands of other voice actors, you got to be competitive. Mm-hmm. You got to know your instrument. 
if I, li- I always like to say, if, if Tiger Woods still has a coach, you know, at his level, or think of any top professional, if they're still coaching, how much more so do we got to coach? Yeah, that's true. And I think the other thing that's really important to set yourself up for success in voiceover is to realize the difference between having one job in radio and then going into voiceover where you have to be the marketing department, Mm. you have to be the sales department. That was really hard. That was, I felt like one of the biggest learning curves for me when I left was, you know, before I could go down the hall to our sales department to talk to them about stuff. You know, we had a program director director that did a lot of stuff. I mean, there were so many people. There was an accounting you department. You had your team. Yeah. yeah. And then when you go into voiceover, you are that whole team. And so it's a lot to learn. So the more you can learn about all aspects of the business too of voiceover, the more successful that you will be. Yeah. And the other thing that I would say is one of the great things about radio that helped me in voiceover and set me up for success was just the ability to connect to one person. Because in radio, we were taught all the time of like, I mean, I remember my first radio job and my the program director telling me, all right, bring in a picture. This is before like, you know, the big cell phones with the pictures and stuff. But, um, you know, bring in a picture of your friend and tape it up right, right in front of you in your booth (laughs) and talk to that one person. Well, little did I know that that was helping to prepare me for a career in voiceover that just made it a lot easier to be able to automatically connect to one person. And think of it this way too. You remember your first time probably being on air, right? And how much you had to learn to get where you were today. It's the same thing with voiceover. You, you've got to train for it. You can't just jump into radio radio and, and expect to be you know, a, a veteran. It's the same thing with voiceover. It's a craft to learn, but it can be learned. And yeah. it's, uh, it's also fun. Yeah. It's fun. Okay, so let's talk about one question that I bet a lot of you are thinking. How much money can I expect to make in voiceover, and will it even match my radio job? Because I think that one of the things that, you know, swirls around about voiceover is, wow, it's, you know, you make so much money for just like 30 minutes. It's amazing. Yeah. And um, <laughs> yes, as far as when you look at time, um, then it can seem like it's it, it's just an amazing amount. Um, but, you know, when I first was starting, gosh, like the amount of hours that I worked, I think that one time I, um, I averaged it out based on what I was investing in like classes and training yeah. and everything, um, the time from booking time for auditioning and all that stuff. And this was like very conservative. I think I broke it out to that. I was making $2 and 13 cents per hour. Yep. I remember that. And so when you think about that, it's like, whoa, now it just took me years and years of kind of putting in that investment and being okay with not making as much to now what I make right now. And it's a great living. And so I, you know, wouldn't take it back for the world, but yeah. And you also have to be smart about it too, because when you do start making money, you know, we don't know where our next paycheck is coming from. So Mm -hmm. you got to be smart about putting some of that money aside for, you know, a rainy day. Yeah. I will say that when I was in radio, 
Um, and I was doing, and I'm just going to be vulnerable about this because I wish people would tell me. Mm. And I don't like to, I, I won't like divulge how much we make now. Um, but I think it's super helpful for people to know the numbers. Mm. So, and everybody's different, but I know when I was doing voiceover on the side in radio, probably the first three years I was making under $10,000 because I remember, uh, per year, because I remember that our this talent. This was a small town in Chattanooga, Tennessee. No, I'm saying through voiceover. Oh, but oh, radio oh, 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 oh. too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was making less than my <laughs> my friend who was a, a social worker. My first radio job, and I had to be the janitor for the radio station just to make ends meet. But anyways, it was priming me for voiceover because the first three years of voiceover, I think that I probably, I think it was under ten thousand. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure per year um, because I remember talking to our accountant, and he said, "Once you do over ten thousand, yeah. then let's talk." about moving over from just a DBA um, into an LLC or so. So that was a big moment. Um, And it's grown, though, every single year, which is the cool thing, Mm -hmm. because um, when you think about it, it's hard in a corporate job. You're you're stuck at a certain amount a lot of times, you know, until you get a promotion and stuff. But sometimes the sky's the limit, but also... The pit's the limit <laughs> in voiceover, so you know. And you have more uh, more bills that you have to pay because yeah. for us, our health insurance wasn't taken care of. Now, we did qualify most recently for SAG, for, for SAG insurance, which mm-hmm. was great, uh, but for the past year, we haven't, and our insurance was close to 700 a month, mm-hmm. so then you have to factor that in just for two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I will say, too, if you pay attention to your business and you, you're smart about this and you just don't take it as, a, as just a willy-nilly thing, but you really take it seriously, you know, your business can grow contacts that you'll make. You never know what can happen. Um, I think I shared my – I'll share the financials on this. Yeah. Um, I had been doing voiceover and acting on the side while I was in radio up until the January 2014 when they let me go. Um, I could have made the leap over to – to full time, but I was scared because of the insurance factor. Once they let me go that week, I booked one of my jobs was uh, for a university that, and I've been the the voice for them since then. It was an eight thousand dollar gig, and so I figured, okay, I'm doing this, and that was it. It didn't. It hasn't stopped since, but it's been a lot of work, and especially going back to what you were saying mm-hmm. with the time involved. We get anywhere from 10 to 25 auditions a day now. And so if you just even you know put in 15 minutes to 20 minutes of figuring out what you're saying, uh, working through the specs, working through the script, why are you saying each of those lines? Then you have to record it. Then you have to come back out. Then you have to edit it, make it sound good. That's a good chunk of the day. Yeah. And for how many of those that will book, you just never know. So you've got to keep in mind that this is a whole business that you're working working toward. Yeah, totally. And I will say that, you know, if I were to go back in the be- at the beginning of my career and even to do it on the side during radio, which I was super busy, but there's things now that I would do and differently. And I told her. I was like, you need to do this more on the set. No, I've got my blog that I want to work on. <laughs> like, you can make more money in this. I've heard your voice. Oh, that's really sweet. Thank you. Um, 
<laughs> but you know, there are ways that you can obviously grow that amount. So yeah. I don't, we don't say that to discourage you. We say that to be realistic, realistic. and let you know what's out there. Cause I think a lot of, there are a lot of rumors out there and a lot of people just don't talk about that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I want to say as an encouragement is what it are some ways that your radio background could actually really help you in your voiceover career. And there are a lot of ways. Mike, you want to share some? I know you were sharing earlier kind of about the contacts that you make in radio. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Especially any business owners that you know. First of all, know what you should be paid. Go to the GVAA rate guide. It's GVAA and you can type in rate guide on on Google or DuckDuckGo, wherever you like to search. Bing. Is Yahoo even a thing anymore? Yeah. <laughs> you can go there, look up the GVAA rate guide. It'll give you an idea about what you should be paid for recording stuff. So any of the business people that you've worked with before, just say, hey, I'm out of radio right now, but I loved your product, uh, if you did. Um, and you still want to help them advertise, this is what my rates are. People already know my voice. I'm already well-known in the community. Um, I'd love to partner with you on this. That's one way. Another way is LinkedIn. Reach out to any one and everyone as you can and let them know what you were doing and that you've now got this business that you're you're trying to to build up and that I don't know where I was going with that lost brain fart but no, you're good. but you're building up this business and that it's it's something that it's going to keep growing. I mean, you can always reaffirm them and let them know and they're a business owner. They'll be like, "Yeah, I want to use you." Or no, they won't. Mm-hmm. And it's not you. It's a business decision. Yeah. I would also say that one of the things that you need to think about as your background in radio is what added value do you bring yeah. to the client? So if you did See, work in- the pro- smart one. <laughs> if you did work in, in um, radio and production, that's an added value. You're able to um, either add music, sound effects, you're able to edit really well. So add that in to your website, add that into what you can do for clients mm-hmm. um, because that can be a great added value. They're like, oh my gosh, I don't have to pay an extra engineer to be able to do this. They already know all this stuff. Yes. Just make sure that you charge for that added value, but make sure that you know what you you bring to the table. Um, and I would also say that um, if you are working still in radio, um, I don't know about your radio station, so everybody may be different, but ours, you know, we were actually able to do our auditions and things after hours mm-hmm. and using the equipment there, which is great. And so if there's something like that that you can do to save money in the time being that you don't have to pay for your own home studio equipment, yeah. then do that as long as the station, you know, is is okay with doing that. Or if you're still on the radio in a morning show or afternoon, you've got the money, spend the money, get the home studio. Yeah. <laughs> do it now. Yeah. Do it now. And tell your spouse, we got to do this. We're th- I'm, trust me, I'm thinking about the future. And even if you don't, hopefully you've made friends with the engineer at your radio station by now. Hire them to come on over and help set it up. Yeah. The other thing that I would say is make friends. If you are still in radio, make friends with those salespeople if you mm-hmm. haven't already. Um, because whether you're in radio now or whether you've left radio, those salespeople are great contacts for you yeah. because they know those clients. They know those um, agencies that end up producing these commercial spots. And so make sure that they know that you're doing voiceover on the side and say, hey, listen, especially if you developed a good relationship with them, hey, you know, if... Um, 
if Rhoda Reuter, you know, your client or whatever, if if they come and they're they're looking for this type of voice, tell them that I'm I'm available and I would love to help them do something and maybe even throw in like a disc, you know, a small discount or something like that, just as you're, you're getting going, but make sure that you utilize all those contacts to create your business, because that honestly is the way that I made the majority of my money through voiceover at the very beginning was through contacts. And so you do need to get on with agents. That's great. And you, you know, to get those big things, but don't, um, discount that low hanging fruit. Yeah. And the other thing too, is if, if you're not that type of a person, because Heidi was really good at, at talking with clients and I'm more of an introvert. And so it's harder for me to do that sort of thing right after I had already been on with, with a few agents when I got let go from, from, uh, the radio station. But for me, I didn't get a lot of work from, from clients the bulk of my work was from agents. So if you are still in the radio industry right now, start getting training, get out of that radio voice, get Mm -hmm. the training that you need, figure out what you need, figure out uh, the demo, all that stuff. If you can do that and then launch in when the radio gig ends, it'll be all that much more seamless. Yeah. And speaking of getting out of that radio voice, there's a class that we offer at Atlanta VoiceOver Studio that you can join virtually or in person. It's led by Steve Henderson. It's Steve called Henderson. The Character of You. Yeah. And Steve has this booming, wonderful yeah. rate, like voice that you're like, wow, this is yeah. such a great voice. But it sounds so announcery. And so many people these days don't want an announcer. Mm-hmm. They want that natural, real voice. Especially nas- national commercials. Yeah. And so Steve was like, ah, how do I get to that natural sounding read? And he couldn't find anyone to really help him figure that out. And so he figured it out himself. And his method is what he's teaching everybody. And it's a great class. So if you do feel like, oh, I do have that radio voice, then that would be a great class to look into. Yeah. Um, Okay. So what are some other genres in voiceover that radio people could think about because we talked a lot about commercial because that's kind of the foundation. And the reason why we talk about that a lot is because that's what you need to be able to get on with agents, mm-hmm. first of all. And then you can kind of add on to the genres from there. Yeah. I would say uh, live announce. No doubt you've done live broadcasts as doing remotes when you're at the radio station. Mm-hmm. So live broadcasts or live uh, announce is always fun. Um, also reach out to your uh, sports. Uh, I was going to say stations, but uh like if you uh, teams in your area, you know, because we had the the gladiators, mm-hmm. and normally they already have people, but you never know when they're going to utilize somebody else. I remember uh, here in Atlanta, Atlanta United, they were looking for an announcer. I applied for that one, mm-hmm. but they ended up going with another guy who was on at another radio station, um, and he's been doing a fantastic job. So you never know. Um, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, radio imaging. Oh yeah, is one Duh. that's super. Yeah, it's. Another, we just had like, a workshop low, with Adam Schneider, and thing. he's been doing imaging for years mm-hmm. now. And he used to be in the radio biz producing, and then he's like, "Wait a minute, I can actually voice this stuff," mm-hmm. and he went to it. Yeah, and again, if you can do production as well, if mm. there's ways you can help write stuff, or you know that can, that can be great added value for stations. And to be able to get on with those retainers is awesome. Yeah, to be able to have that monthly. Yeah, is wonderful, and even uh, industrials, you know. But but still, you're usually going to have a an agent who would send you those auditions. Yeah. Um, but there are some natural 
uh, jumping off points from radio that you're already well suited for most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might just take a few tweaks to get you where you need to be. Yeah. And there's just a ton of genres within voiceover, yeah. e-learning, audiobooks, video games, animation, toys. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different genres really that you can ASMR. focus on. <laughs> that you can focus on in voiceover. So there's a lot out there. Um, oh, uh, IVR is another one. IVR, Automated yes. assistant. Uh, IVR is something really easy if you know people that have businesses mm-hmm. because that's something that every business needs. Um, and yeah, so you can voice their phone system. Um, and especially if you are a well-known radio personality, it may even... Um, it may even be better for you to reach out and say, Hey, I would love to do your phone system. And they're like, are you kidding me? Mike Stout? <laughs> yeah, you they know, never the- did that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're they like, didn't. who? <laughs> Whatever. <Excuse me? laughs> okay. So uh, the last thing that I wanted to talk about is because we have made the leap from radio to voiceover, what Mike do you feel like was kind of one of the biggest challenges for you making that leap and, you know, it could be something simple as like um, a technique or an aspect of voiceover or what. What was one of those things coming from radio into voiceover that was kind of the biggest challenge for you? Um, there were two things, I, I think, if this answers your question. One was just the the radio voice. Because even now, when you stick a microphone in front of my face, I, I still want to project because being in radio for 21 years and they teach you to project a little bit more. And I didn't even have the the r- true radio voice where it was just, you're, you're talking like this and this is how you sound. But that we would call that puking because it sounds like, huh, you know, that sort of thing. But it was getting out of that. I always have to use my diaphragm and project because my voice isn't super strong. Like, like you mentioned Steve's, you know, mm-hmm. his is deep and it's, it's just powerful on its own. Mine's more natural and, and just a everyday guy. So I had to project, but it was just every time I got in front of a microphone, I would go into that. It was like Pavlov's dog type of thing. <laughs> so getting out of that was one, this, I don't think you, this isn't going to answer in the way I think for, for that question, but it might, uh, add some value. Um, looking at yourself as a business. We talked, we kind of touched on it earlier, but you do have to be the talent. You do have to be the marketer, the accountant, the social media guru. You've got to do all the things and you've got to make sure that everything is up to date. You've got to be the web guy. You've got to do all these things. And for the longest time after they let me go, my days were just simply auditioning and I really wasn't doing a whole lot. I got my website here and there, but I didn't really updated. I didn't get on LinkedIn. I didn't contact people. And it, it was to my detriment, um, because I didn't see it as a business. Um, and part of that was because I, it was new waters that I I was trying to navigate. So I didn't really know how to operate Mm -hmm. my voiceover business because nobody trains you for this, which is why we're here trying to help people do this. Yeah. I would say, um, that a big hurdle for me was in radio, I remember always thinking it is about the listener. It's not mm, about me. Mm-hmm. And um, and I really thought that I had stayed really humble throughout my radio career. Yeah. Um, but after I left radio, I realized how not humble I really was and how much I began to lean on the affirmation from other people mm, to tell tough, me yeah. that 
I was doing a good job. Yeah. And you'd be, oh my gosh, you're Heidi Rue. Oh my gosh. You know, and I would say, like, this is no big deal. I'm just a human, like, I'm just everybody else. But um, it really got to me. And then when you leave, it's like, like you said before, everything kind of just like stops. Crickets. And at parties, people aren't like, oh, I heard that thing about, you know, that you said on the air about so-and-so, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, now it's like, what do you... So, it's like, so uh, do you have a job? Yeah. Or what are you... Are you on the radio again somewhere? What are you somewhere? working on? <laughs> um, and so it really was a really hard thing for me to come to realization of that. And it took years of being able to be accustomed to the rejection of not being able to get that gig and not dwelling on it and being able to audition and forget about it and just focus on what I can control and also being okay with nobody ever saying good job. Mm -hmm. And that was really, really hard. You're doing Um, a great job today though. Oh, thank you. I'm over that though. You don't have to say that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that's just what I would just encourage you. And listen, if you are in radio or if you are thinking of leaving radio and you need some encouragement, please feel free to reach out to us because we totally get it and we've been there. And we just hope that if that, if voiceover is something that you want to pursue, that you have a long, wonderful, successful voiceover career and, you know, radio peeps unite. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for the Atlanta voiceover studio and pro voiceover, um, training.com. Thank you, Mike. (laughs) That one's kind of new new. for us. We're still getting used to it. Um, podcast. We'll have another podcast for you next month. It's going to be really cool because we are talking to students and people that have gone from beginner to booking. And they get to share kind of their journey and what they've learned along the way. It's just really neat. B2B. Yeah. Thanks Have for joining us today.